1: Oilers Now
0: with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge
1: savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D
0: I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 106 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. It is no longer truculent Thursdays, what with the departure of Brian Burke, who uh, took a significant uh, step up in pay grade and got hired uh, by the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That said, uh We believe that we have uh, found the uh, the perfect fit for our team in between Louis DeBrusque and George Larocque every Thursday on Oilers Now. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. And I'll open up by saying it will not surprise me. Sometime in the next couple years, we might lose uh, this guest who's going to become part of our team as a regular to an NHL organization. From the NHL Network, we welcome back to the show and to the show
1: Kevin Weeks. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? stop what's going on man i'm doing well hopefully everybody uh back in Verda's doing well too yeah uh and, and you have
0: a connection to alberta and we should maybe explain that to her li- and, and i mean this is something that uh post dates the time i guess that uh you know you used to work on the hockey night in canada broadcasts uh, out in sort of the late 2000s early 2010s before you went to the nhl network but you do have an affinity for our part of the world out here don't you <laughs>
1: one of us in our household and it's not me or our cat, but, uh, my spouse, Megan, she's, she's from out there. She's from Calgary, actually originally white horse. So they got family in white horse. They have family. Uh, they lived in St. Albert for a while too. They have family in and around Edmonton and St. Albert and, uh, and also red deer too. So, so yeah, I've, that's, that's the one side of our family. So I think I mentioned to you that this a few times prior, I've had a chance to get out there a lot more than people would probably recognize. Unfortunately, now with the borders being closed, it's a little more challenging with both of us working here in New York. But I spent a lot more time out there than than your listeners and the hockey fans out there would know and enjoy my time out there. So I am an unofficial slash official Westerner as well uh, by way of Megan and her family. So it's really cool. Small world, man. Absolutely. Uh,
0: you feeling any pressure replacing Berkey? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, man. You know what? Once you play goalie, I don't think there's very much pressure in anything. Oh, well else. done. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so, yeah, no. Uh, congrats to him. That's awesome. That's great for him. It's uh, certainly great for the Penguins, and they uh, they're a top-tier organization that's had a lot of success. So wish him and them nothing but the best going forward.
0: Kevin, uh, without maybe shedding too much insight, how many times over the last, uh, two years have you been in the mix, uh, and, and spoken to CEOs with NHL organizations about coming aboard as a president or a GM? Do you mind, uh, you know, giving us a, I mean, ha- have there been multiple conversations? One or two? Well, I mean, you don't have to say which clubs, but is this something sure. that's occurred?
1: Yeah, it certainly occurred, and it, it's, it's been several. I would say it's the best way to characterize it or to your point, multiple. And I think one, a couple of things about that too, for the listeners that are tuned in is I love connecting with the listeners and the viewers and the fans. So I love, I love media as do you and really enjoy it. I'm loving it as a second career. It's already been 12 years, hard to imagine, but I really enjoy being on the NHL network and different platforms and here with you guys now, and, and being able to bring and, and relate to the fans and connect with the fans and showcase our great players, which are some of the best athletes in the world in the NHL for sure. And, of course, a lot of our female athletes too, our female hockey players for Team Canada, Team USA women, and, and beyond that. So I would say that. I love the craft. But at the same time, Stop, as I've told you privately, you know, I didn't get a chance to win a Stanley Cup. We lost the, the cup final in '02 with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes against that Hall of Fame Detroit Red Wing team that they had in '02. We lost that cup final. And, uh, and never got a chance to win uh, aside from that. So I feel like I'm air quotes winning <laughs> being on TV and covering the Stanley Cup every year since I started broadcasting, but save for last year in the bubble in Edmonton. But all that to say, I would love that opportunity if it were the right one and if it were the right fit with an org- or organization that had the same philosophy and, and wanted to treat people, organizational staff and fans, treat them, Classy, first class in terms of how you treat people, how you relate to them. Uh, Really invest in the infrastructure of youth hockey in that market. And, of course, their NHL team all the way up from their draft picks and their free agents, college, pro, kids coming out of junior, to to their scout system, to putting it all together and building a good club with a great group of people to ultimately try to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. So that would be the goal, but it has to align with all those things to make it a reality. So...
0: Kevin, I've hosted roughly 3,500 shows over the course of the last, uh, let's say, 18 seasons. That's excluding yeah. the, th- oh, the over a 1,000 broadcasts I've done. Um, and I would suggest to you that as much as I think of myself, you know, I think, okay, I work hard and I grind. There is a position that I don't <laughs> really relate to, and it's one that you played. But I, I think it's important, and I wonder whether or not there has to be... A, a bit of a philosophical shift And I'm going to quote Pat, Pat Burns He said it best Goaltending is sure. 70% of hockey Unless you don't have it Then it's 100% of hockey Do you do you think, do you think NHL organizations Really structure themselves enough And put enough resources Into uh, goaltending as a whole Sort of the philosophical approach To, to bringing goaltending along uh, Goaltending coaching Goaltending analytics What's your take on that?
1: I think there's room to grow. I think it's improved some. and I think there are a few clubs that are ahead of the curve. I'll say uh, the New York Rangers, based on, on getting Ben Waller, and, and I had Ben Waller there, and of course, we had this guy by the name of Hendrick Lundquist who came in and it was money uh, from, from day one up until, unfortunately, he had to stop playing, as you know, due to the heart surgery that he recently had. But the, the New York Rangers were ahead of the curve that way, as an organization, without question, just based on the resources the respect for the position, the respect for what Benny had to offer and what he had to offer. And, you know, you guys have seen some of the fruits from that. He helped tutor Cam Talbot, and Cam had a near-Vesna season up in Edmonton, as, as you recall, with the oil. He was great up there. Uh, it, certainly his first year when he played all those games, and I thought was was really close to winning a Vesna. But in saying that, uh, I would also say another I'm going you guys who recognize and the fans who recognize Billy Ranford and Kim Billabaugh when they were together, uh, and then Dusty Ebu and Billy Ranford when they were together in uh, in L.A. You look at that success in that tree, starting with Jonathan Quick, Bernier, uh, Marty Jones, who you'd know from there, who played for the hitmen in Calgary, and they signed as a free agent. It was hard to imagine. So I think they've done an outstanding job, too, just with their succession plan that they've had. You'd have to say Pittsburgh drafted Marc-Andre Fleury and then having Matt Murray and then now Tristan Jari, who played for the Oil Kings. So I think those are the teams that have been really ahead of it. Chicago's done a nice job too, but for the most part, to answer you, I think there's a lot to be desired in terms of a lot of the teams and and how they've structured that. And it's hard because, Stop, you've heard this more than enough times too, and I'm sure a lot of the the fans and the listeners have heard this too. Like sometimes you hear coaches and GMs say, "Uh, I don't know anything about goaltending, just get in there and stop the puck. What? (laughs) You're supposed to know. You're supposed to know. You're in a position to know. Like, it's not cool that you don't know. And if you don't know, you should learn. So, teams are, are putting more emphasis on it now. Obviously, the Florida Panthers stuff, as you you know too, they've, with my buddy Roberto Luongo, the great, who's Hall of Fame, lost for sure. Yep. With him and Francois Lair, who is now the head of the goalie department, and then they still have Robbie Talis. So, they've structured structured a goalie department, so to speak. And so too have the Coyotes most recently. So it's on the right track, but there's still a long room to go for sure is
0: there a place for analytics with this as well like should should organizations be looking at maybe getting a recently retired uh you know goaltender that's maybe played you know university hockey either ncaa or u sports and isn't going to go on to uh minor pro but you know maybe has a business background and can understand numbers and that sort of thing to to assist not just in terms of and i'm going to cross reference as to what uh, sure. Alabama has done in football uh, Alabama mm-hmm. has has brought in a bunch of former head coaches uh, that, are, that are getting bought out and they go to Alabama and work for like 30 to 60 thousand dollars and evaluate uh, and assist in the scouting, the advanced scouting, of the next couple teams that they're going to play. And I'm just wondering whether or not there's a role uh, for, it, you know, some teams only have one guy in analytics, and I'm thinking teams should probably have three or four guys in analytics, but one guy specific to, to goaltending to, uh, as part of it as well. I'm just
1: wondering what, what your thoughts were on that. No, that's a fair point, and your question makes sense. I think there's a lot of validity there. And quantifiable, right? If you can get some quantifiables that are applicable, and I think there's there's something to be said for the theory and the reality of relativity with those numbers. So not speaking over the the listeners, but what I mean by that, if you drill down, is some of the general numbers and general analytic numbers are are more applicable to the skaters and the team in general, but right. not not all of them apply to a nuanced position like goal, right? So. Uh, I I certainly think that there's some some certain numbers and some of those quantifiable measures that you can have by somebody that understands that and how they can apply that relative to a goalie. So you've heard now, uh, saves above expected, uh, you know, those types of things, high danger chances, those types of things. But there's also other things that you can build in that will be easily digestible for your goalies and your staff that makes sense. So, for example, Rebounds, quality of rebounds, location of rebounds. You can chart your rebounds in terms of based on the quality of the shot chance against. If it's a one timer from Ovi or a one timer from Leon, odds are you're not getting over there and controlling that and making a <laughs> controlled save, right? You're All hoping right. to go from blocker side to glove side and get over there and let it hit you by way of positioning and your athleticism. But that's not expected to be a controlled rebound per se. But just those little things. And by somebody with somebody that has a a nuanced understanding of that position, it could certainly be be a big, uh, a huge asset to an organization and and to seeing areas where you can grow. You know, I'll give you this stuff. I remember I started working with Sudsy Maharaj from back home, who's Anaheim's goalie coach for the last 10 years. And Sudsy, before he was hired by an NHL team, we had different metrics that he would go by Uh, and he would send me the information post-game, sometimes pre-game, practice days, and it was so helpful because you play a game and you're in the moment of playing the game, and sometimes your recollection as a goalie, you'll say, okay, well, man, I had uh, eight shots on my blocker side. Okay, but how many of them were low blocker? How many were high? How many were mid? Where was your rebound location as a result of those? Like You can get a little bit deeper, and, and I found that that was a really helpful tool for me And I certainly think it would be very, very helpful to to any team at the NHL level or otherwise at at elite hockey for sure.
0: We're focused on Canada. We'll get to Canada in a second. Is there anybody playing on the level right now that John Gibson's playing at with Anaheim?
1: Well, uh, I would say Marc-Andre Fleury, the flower. The flower's off, but obviously he has a better team in front of him. He's got his cup-contending team. Right. And then I would also say Grubauer's off to a great start in uh, in Colorado. And then lastly, I want to give some love to Kevin Lankin in, in Chicago, that young Finn, that goalie who's really emerged. He had a shutout last night. He's been very, very calm and, uh, and very efficient for them as a young goalie. He looks like he's been playing in the league a long time right now. So I would give those guys, I would say those guys at the top of the heap for me to this point of the season. But your point about John Gibson, uh, and sorry, Barlamov too, on the island with the Islanders, but John Gibson, to kind of take the you and the listeners inside of this, him and his wife had a had a baby earlier. I think it was the summer, and shortly thereafter, and in, in advance of the season, he called Sudsy and he said he wanted to start skating early. So Sudsy flew from Oakville back home in Toronto to Anaheim, and they started skating early. So he wanted to put in extra work, and you know Gibson's a multi-time all-star, and he wanted to put in extra work and get out there in advance of the season and. The results kind of speak to themselves, to your point. He's been great so far for the Ducks. Yeah, fantastic goaltender.
0: All right, and we will uh, circle back to the U.S. in a second. We're joined by Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack, the Canadian division. Uh, and I realize you're on the NHL network, it's in the States and I get upset when I go in the hotels on the road I'm looking forward to getting back in those hotels next season but when when, when I can't find the NHL network because I love watching it uh, but do you, you. Yourse- do you find yourself do you find yourself sneaking some peaks just because of the amount of offensive talent that's been uh, accumulated with some of the Canadian teams
1: of course of course, you know the phone never stops off. you and I have a lot of late night conversations ourselves so uh, with different people around the game, different roles, different buddies, different family, different family in Alberta uh, that are always texting and always calling, and it seems like we're in a never-ending conversation. As far as the offense in the, in the uh, Scotia North Division, I mean, look at the players. You know, you, you go through every roster, obviously starting there at Edmonton with, with Connor, and congrats to him on that amazing feat last night, by the way, and tying Sydney for, I think it was eight fastest to 500 career points, which is mind-boggling. But, uh, you know, from him and Leon, obviously, to their counterparts last night, to Shifley, Wheeler and those guys in Winnipeg, Kyle Connor in Winnipeg who doesn't get enough, uh, doesn't get enough love. Uh, obviously, the, the Canucks are off to a slow start. But Pedersen, Horvat, uh, Brock Besser is playing really well so far. Quinn Hughes leads the league in points by defenseman. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a heady. A heady stat right there so and we all we, we all know montreal has really improved a lot too like they have really rounded out their team and i say i'll say toronto last <laughs> and certainly because nobody's going to be able to accuse me of any east coast bias at all uh but they are an explosive offensive team and austin matthews like connor is one of the best players on the planet and how about this stuff too i'm gonna hand it off to you let's keep in mind this off season down in arizona Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid skated together Yeah, and they, they, were, they were exchanging some notes two of the best athletes on the planet right now certainly not only in our sport but beyond they were, they were exchanging some notes and you look at the start that both of them are off to it's absolutely mind-blowing
0: well, I mean, Matthews could just flat-out shoot the pill. I mean, you mentioned Ovechkin, you mentioned Leon's ability, uh, the release that Matthews has and just the efficiency. Uh, Goaltending-wise, uh, you know, I, I think we both love what Montreal did, picking up uh, Jake Allen from St. Louis. Totally. Uh, you know it's a terrific one two punch one two punch to me that might give the oilers a bit of a fighting chance in goal i'm not saying that you know mike smith or miko koskinen alone are better than the top four goaltenders in the the north division but the combination of the one two uh, punch just your thoughts on on sort of smith slash koskinen and now it's smith's back and maybe how that changes the complexion for the oilers as opposed to when koskinen had to start 12 of the first
1: 13 games yeah, I think the one-two punch uh, is really, really helpful. I mean, listen, you named it. We, we all know that Carey Price is elite. He's had a great career. At times, zero, Halak has been with him and, and played exceptionally well in Montreal in his early days. And then bringing in Jake Allen, it changes the whole equation because you don't have to overextend Carey Price. And Jake Allen's been excellent for him, too. Now, in terms of the, the return of Smitty to the net for the Oilers, I certainly think that helps them. Yeah, to your point, that alleviates some of the pressure that perhaps Koskinen was facing and we all know Smitty's first two games back he was outstanding and I thought he should have had one yesterday but aside from that he played really well yesterday too and Koskinen got in and played really well uh, too so I think that at the end of the day now for for Coach Tippett he has two guys that he can go to on a game-to-game basis another element of Mike Smith's game that helps the Oilers so much is his ability to handle the puck I mean, stop, that's that transforms their whole game. They spend way less time in the D zone. They're able to get up ice and get the puck in the hands of their playmakers, be it news or, or Connor or, uh, or Leon and they can go on the offense. So that certainly helps a lot too, but they are much better off with a healthy Mike Smith and then having that one, two combo. Than they would be if it were just either one of them on their own right now, for sure. No question.
0: Kevin, final one for today. Uh, look, Tampa Bay and Florida are off to, to really good starts, but mm-hmm. I want to ask you about a team that I think is a bit of a sleeper, and that's Carolina. <laughs> they're, they're a deep team,
1: aren't they? They're deep. They're not great in goal, but yeah. they're pretty deep, aren't they? I love the Canes. Look, I've been saying for a long time, and, and not only because I played for them, and I played with Rod Brindamore uh, but former Notre Dame Hound, I might add. But what I love about Roddy, and forget even playing with him, because it would be a long list that we'd be on the air for eight hours. But as a coach, I love the fact that he was able to blend all the best parts of him as a player, as a professional, and as a person and empower these young players on their group. It's been very, very impressive. And the way he treats them, the respect, and he's not a do-as-I-say coach and not do-as-I-do. Do. He's right in there. He's in the soup. He's in there seven in the morning. You hear the weights clanging. You you see him on the chin-up bar. All the different things that he expects of his team, he lives those things. So there's a lot of authenticity. And i got to tell you, I spent some time with Andrei Sveshnikov a little bit and the voice of the Canes, Tracy, my good buddy. We were down in Miami. And just listening to a young player like Sveshnikov, who I think is a budding superstar, but listening to him speak about Rod Brindamore, And the, you know, the respect that he had for him and the the way in which he revered him tells me everything. I love their team. They're deep. They have one of the best blue lines in the league. I've been saying it for the last two years, ever since Roddy took over. My only thing is it took them this long to hire him as head coach. He should have been there a long time ago, but everything happens in its time. They are a very dynamic team. They can fly. Their defense make plays. They can join the rush. I think this, like the oil, I think they have a good one-two combo. And Reimer and, uh, and Peter Morazic for sure. And Nadolkovich has come in and played very well with Peter Morazic's uh, thumb surgery that he had to repair a tendon or ligament. So I like their team, stuff I'm glad you highlighted them. I think that they are they're constantly underrated. And having played in that market, I know how much people underrate that team. But I think they've been to four or five conference finals overall and been to two Stanley Cups and won one. Unfortunately, the one against oil for you guys. But uh, they're a really, really, really well-run machine with Roddy Brindable and the coaching staff there, no question.
0: Kevin, uh, thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to these Thursday hits on Oilers now.
1: No problem, buddy. You can send the, oil, the old Dutch uh, ketchup tips to the house here, too, by the way, from back there. All right. At least two bags. At least <laughs> two bags, Stop. Don't be cheap.
0: You know, I used to I, I used to handle the old Dutch account when I worked at the University of Alberta. Maybe I'll call in a favor, okay? It's been a few years. I might be able to make that happen for you. All right?
1: <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks for having me, and thanks to all the fans for tuning in, man. Thank you. All right. Uh, that
0: is Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. He'll join us every Thursday for Friends of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. I will tell you, If there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Ford is built for you. I'm in a 2021 F-150 loaded, but I'm one of those guys that needs a little bit of help getting everything set up, the navigation system, those sort of things. They've got Johnny out at Brent Ridge. He'll look after you. Uncle Milt Rich. The gang at Brentridge Ford, they can lend a hand. You can reach them at 1-877-477-3673. They're taking care of all of the necessary COVID-related precautions as well. You can visit them online at Brentridge.com. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, we'll hook up with George LaRock on Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.